What a day in Broncos country. I told you guys the season's over means the season has just begun for the Denver Broncos. First, I guess second day of the offseason, Todd. We have maybe the biggest press conference of the entire season, and we're going to break it all down right here on the DNVR Broncos podcast where I've got my man Todd Davis, Zach Stevens. We got you here behind the camera. You know who's not here today? Henry. Yep. You know who might be here? Russell Wilson. Mm. He might be here in Denver this like year. Let's just start with the juice. Russell Wilson, Todd, the door has been left open for him to return. And we have a, a lot of clips from George Payton, Sean Payton, and Greg Penner talking about potential, I, I want to say reunion for Russ, but he hasn't actually left yet. It just feels like he's left because it was just so much assumed that, okay, Russ is gone. Let's move on. Where, where are the Broncos going to go? Are they gonna, how are they going to divide his dead cap? That's not what the Broncos are saying yet. Yeah, it feels like uh, a door is open. It doesn't feel like the front door. <laughs> Maybe the back door, oh, the side wow, door, Tom. little doggy door. I'm not, I'm not sure which way he's entering the house again, uh, but it doesn't feel like he's getting the warm welcome and the welcome mat at the front door. God, that is such a good analogy <laughs> because kind of the feeling I got after today and putting it in these terms is Russ is going to have to crawl through the doggy door mm -hmm. if he wants to come back. But they haven't locked that. They yep. haven't locked that door. They, they've <laughs> locked the, the main door, which is, you know, the two or five-year, $250 million yep. cut. No, that's that's not happening. Russ isn't returning with that deal. But maybe if Russ were to really change things on his end, that's what would happen. That's such a good way to put it, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I think it's a, a sticky situation because, um, you know, if he comes back, it literally means that the team has done – every bit of due diligence of how they can kind of like move on from the situation and realize none of this is going to work. All right, come back into the fold. Or like you said, Russ has to make some significant change to his contract to be able to make it work for the team. So it's a really tough situation to be in. Yeah, it is. And let's actually just hear straight from George Payton. This is the first time we've talked to George Payton since cut day back in training camp. This is uh, the first time we've talked to Sean in 48 hours, but really the first time we've got to ask big picture conversations. So you hear dial up some of these for us. Yeah, listen, otherwise, yeah, otherwise it would have been like, hey, goodbye. And yeah, and so I said that, I think to you guys way back when, you know, we'll look, we'll look at all the scenarios and try to do what's best for the Broncos. Um, but communication will be important, and uh, yeah, that, that final decision hasn't been made. And that was, of course, Sean talking about, is there a chance that Russ returns? And he goes, yeah, yeah, there, there is. And um, one of the things that Sean told us today, which is important to set the scene for not only this conversation about Russ, but for this conversation about the entire team, George Payton, and he uh -huh. coaches that may or may not come back. 
What Sean likes to do is he likes to, they kind of work a little bit this week, the coaches do, kind of season wrap-up things, but not season review. Mm -hmm. Then the entire coaching staff takes next week off, uh, and then they come back the following week, and that's when they get into grading the season, how they think players did, how they think coaches did, how they think personnel did, and then they make decisions. Okay, are we firing any coaches? Um, Are we moving on from any players that we need to do now instead of in a month from now or something like that? Um, And so that's why uh, we haven't heard any news on a coach or two being let go on why maybe there's been a lot of speculation on George Payton's future Mm -hmm. with the team. And Sean said that they have not made that decision yet on Russell Wilson's future. I think it's important to take that step back and kind of decompress from the season um, because too often you kind of remember like the last thing that happened. Yeah. And that being the Raiders game, if a guy had a bad game, you probably you start thinking, man, this guy's trash. We need to let him go. And then you look back over the whole season, right. you're like, oh, you know, he had a pretty good year. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should bring him back and start working with him. So I honestly, think it's like important. Cortland, yeah, like he probably had his worst game of the season yep. th- this past game. And overall, you're not moving on from him because of that last game. Not at all. Carl- Cortland was the best player on offense <laughs> yeah. we had by far. Not even a, not even a close shot. Uh, and so uh, maybe that's the reason why the door is left open for Russ is because, well, they haven't done their reviews on everyone. <laughs> so in just two weeks, we'll let you know, Russ. Um, but Sean had more comments. Let's hear the, the, the other clip from Sean talking about Russ right now. There's so many things that go into um, a decision specific to the quarterback, which is significant, obviously. Um, so it's too early at all. I, I, I spent half an hour with Russ yesterday. Um, you know, and I, I told him, I said, look, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be a long, drawn-out process, but um, but it hasn't been decided relative to what our plans are. And uh, um, but as soon as we know something, that that uh, certainly, you know, he would be the first to know. To add to what Sean just said as well, then he was asked to follow up. Well, you met with Russ yesterday. Like, how was the tone? Um, and are you really sure you haven't made the decision whether mm-hmm. he's coming back? And he said, if I had made, if we had made that decision that he wasn't coming back, I would have said goodbye to him in our meeting yesterday. So I really do think there are things that they're working toward, working through in order to see if that's the best option. And one of the things George Payton said too was, we've worked with our cap guy, Rich Hurtado too. He didn't say these exact words, but if we move on from Russ, we know how bad the cap situation is. We mm-hmm. know what we'll have to work with and really won't have to work with. And if we do come, if we do bring Russ back, we know exactly what we're going to have to work with. Todd, the feeling I'm getting is Russ, they are open to having Russ back yep. at a Walmart type of deal. We're roll back. Yeah, nice. roll, roll, <laughs> roll back. We're rolling this thing back to like 1980s prices. If he's willing to take a massive pay cut, that actually probably is better for the Broncos than having $80 million in dead cap over these next two years or all of it this year. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why he would though. Like personally, as a, as a person, as a player, um, even if I want to play football again next year, I don't want to play at a discount, Uh, especially when you've worked so hard to build up your name and legacy this whole time. Like you want the money kind of, you get it on the back end uh, for most guys. And I feel like he's just in a tough situation because now if I don't know if I'm going to be here, usually when you clean out your locker and you know you're going to be there next year, you leave a couple pairs of shoes, you, <laughs> you leave some workout gear, you're like, I'll get it, OTAs. Um, but for him, I don't know, did he leave anything in his locker? Did he just clear it all out because you don't know? Uh, and then he has a house that he bought here. Like, what does he do as far as, like, positioning that to hit the market? Mm. If he wants to sell, if he has to leave, 
it's a sticky situation all the way around. No, but Todd, he, <laughs> here, here's what Todd the player. You can uh, not be on the Broncos, mm-hmm. or and you can go get that money somewhere else, or you can be on the Broncos for a tenth of your salary. How <laughs> appealing is that? No, thank you. <laughs> not at all. I think I, his record was uh, 11 and 29. Nine, 11 and 19. I oh, think. yeah, yep. yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> and, and obviously, we know that the Sean doesn't view him as a $50 million quarterback. Mm-hmm. You don't bench a $50 million quarterback if you think he's playing anywhere close to that. Yep. So I think Sean says, man, we're totally effed with his cap hit if we just move on from him and cut him. But I don't want him as my quarterback here. So I think that's kind of what they're dealing with yep. is... Can they get Russ back at the right price for both sides? But we've already seen both sides try to negotiate earlier in the season. And one side said, here's an offer. Would you take it? And the other side said, F Mm-mm. you. Hell no. No way we're not touching that. I think that's probably how these negotiations go this offseason. And it probably will lead to Russ being let go from the team in two to four weeks from now. But that's kind of what we're hearing. So on this situation, we talked to George Payton for the first time uh, about all of this today. And here's some things that George had to say about his conversations with Russ and Russ's future in town. I think Sean commented on that. We really have. This meeting's a deep dive in the entire roster. The door remains open with Russ. I've had good conversations with Russ. Sean's had good conversations. The door is open. And uh, so we'll just kind of get through the process uh, we'll visit as, a, as a, you know, with the coaching staff, scouting staff. We'll visit with Russ and his people, and, and we'll go from there. Which door is open, Todd? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the side door for sure. <laughs> I feel like for him, uh, for Russ, another point is that if they were willing to bench me and I was guaranteed money and had all this money in my contract, if I took a pay cut, how much more am I on thin ice? Mm. Like, I make one bad play, then I'm probably on the <laughs> sideline yeah. the rest of the year. I don't, I'm not signing up for that. Yep, especially when the backup was Jared Stidham, and mm-hmm. no disrespect for Jared Stidham, he had started two games in his first four years in the NFL, yep. uh, and that came when a team didn't want to pay their starting quarterback. They just sent him home and said, okay, our next guy up's Jarrett. So you're, you're 100% right there. Um, and, and Sean or George had one more thing to say about this contract situation that I want to get into as well. I've talked to Russ. He's open to returning. Quick, <laughs> as, quick, as quick as that. Quick to the point, baby. <laughs> um, Russ is open to returning. Two weeks ago, Russ stood at his locker and talked to us for the first time since being bench and said, I want to return. He said it many times. And then he circled back and said, I genuinely want to return. I moved mm. my family here. I bought the most, he didn't say this part, but the, the most, I bought the most expensive house in Denver ever mm-hmm. here. Um, he said, I, I put my roots here. I genuinely want to be here. And Todd, you call BS on that. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think he was BSing with George when he said he wants to be think, here too? I think you got to play the PR game. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? You got to keep all lines of communication open and it's, it's business at the end of the day. So if there is something to be worked out. Um, to where I can get good money and stay. Okay, maybe I do want to stay. I remember when I was leaving the Saints, coming here for the Broncos, and they had already put me up on waivers, and there was nothing I could do about it. I was gone. Uh, one of my, one of the coaches asked me, like, if you could stay, would you stay? At the time, we had a losing record. <laughs> the Broncos were the number one team in the AFC, AFC uh, number one seed. We were about to go to the playoffs. I'm like, heck yeah, I wish I could stay. <laughs> I wish I could be here, but they claimed me. Like, man, like, and all in my head, I'm like, I can't wait to yeah, go to yeah, Denver. Yeah. 
so I think he's playing the game. Because you, you keep all the doors open, right? <laughs> exactly. Like just in case the Broncos, uh, the Saints trade for you in two weeks, you don't want to be burn that bridge exactly. before leaving. So it is smart. And then you know what? Russ might want to be back in Denver on the deal that he's on right now. Mm-hmm. Would Do you think you would be okay for mending sure. some fences if they're like, you know what? Keep the 250. Uh-huh. We'll bring you back. Then it's probably like, yeah, that is a situation Russ wants to be back in, right? Yeah, absolutely. We, yeah. Can, we can all be friends. We yeah. can go have a little kumbaya <laughs> and drink some beer. We can, we can get over this. <laughs> Speaking of kumbayas, can you believe Russ and Sean had a 30-minute meeting hmm. yesterday? Is that? You, you call BS on that? No. They probably okay. had a good meeting. I don't know. I don't know what 30 minutes gets you after all of this. That has went on, right? So right. I don't know. I don't know if it really led to a, the real potential of him coming back. So Todd, that that's where I am right now. Is I think Russ is okay with coming back on the current contract, mm-hmm. and I think the Broncos are okay with Russ coming back at a massive, massive pay cut. Yeah. So I don't think when it comes to this conversation, we relied to today, mm-hmm. uh, and and I do think that. George Sean Payton was in full, full in season mode as of like 36 hours ago. He probably just started thinking of the off season yesterday, um, and and I do take him for his word that he doesn't do any true evaluations until he comes back from that time off. So it's not an emotional decision one way or the other, especially when it comes to the quarterback position. And uh, I also think that that Sean did not really like Russ as a player Mm -hmm. that much. So I do think it was a football decision when he benched him. And he was just viewing it as, look, we're we're two games away from making the playoffs so we can win these final two. So I do believe Sean um, benched Russ, but for for Jared Stidham in, in that situation and wasn't looking at the big picture of what the implications are three years down the line. Mm -hmm. And so I just think now he might be saying, damn, $80 million in dead cap, even though I don't like him as my starting quarterback that will cripple this franchise for this year so maybe he's taking a step back now and saying if there's a way to eliminate the 80 million dollars in dead cap Mm -hmm. and bring russ back i I can work for him with him at a price i just think at the end of the day that price is going to be way different than what russ is thinking i think so too i know sean is smart so he understands how that cap is going to impact uh, him and the team, and I know he wants to win here, but sometimes when you have that big cap hit looming over your head, you can only do so much. Like, your hands are kind of tied. So he wants to make the best decision so that he can be successful um, because when he's successful, he gets paid more. The team does good. <laughs> you know, everybody's talking how, about how great of a coach he is once again, and so he definitely wants to have uh, a much better season next year than he did this year. Yeah, and uh, Sean said uh, he had a very interesting comment today. Remember how we heard – that Russ would, or that Sean was going to be really pissed off if the Broncos weren't a playoff team this year. Mm-hmm. We heard it in a Jarrett Bell USA Today yeah. national interview. Yeah. Uh, he referenced that today and said that maybe shouldn't have been out there. Exactly. Uh, you got a reporter in the room with uh, <laughs> with the kit with the uh, uh, his recorder out. It's probably going to be in there. So that was a little shot taken there by by Sean. Uh, and and he said that this year uh, was disappointing, mm-hmm. and he. He still believes that this team could have been a playoff team, so he views it as a disappointing season. And in terms of how he views his season, he says, you are what your record is, and that's exactly what every person in this industry is going to tell you. So I, I was an 8-9 and nine coach uh, and, and had some things to improve there. And, man, Sean had a really interesting comment mm. uh, about something that happened during the season 
to himself that he said was very embarrassing. And we'll get to that in the third segment, but we got to hit one more thing, one more major thing on Russ after I tell you about our friends over at Bet365. Todd, who'd you have in the national championship last night? I won in Washington. <laughs> I did. I really did. But. Tell me you didn't put money on it. No. Oh, no. then you're good. I wasn't that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> because the spread was five. And what was it? 20, 21 points? 20, mm-hmm. 21 points? Um, the, the Washington really just crumbled at the end, and yep. Michigan uh, ran away with it. Now Jim Harbaugh's probably run into the NFL. And one of the things you can do is you can bet on Harbaugh what team he's going to go to. I think the favorite right now is the Chargers. Then the Raiders, so mm. and of course the Broncos really wanted Harbaugh last year. Something about the AFC West that wants Harbaugh to be there, and you can bet on that over at Bet Three Six Five. Of course, playoffs this week. We got two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and then Monday night football playoffs. And you can do that over at Bet Three Six Five, and they're <clears> going <throat> to give you hundred and fifty free dollars to bet if you place a five dollar bet after using code DNVR three six five, or <clears throat> you can get a. Uh, uh, first bet safety net offer up to $1,000, or you can get those $150 in bonus bets by placing that $5 bet over at our friends at Bet365. Use that code DNVR365 to get those offers. You must be 21 and older, physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, once help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. And if you were here for the snow over the weekend, I know we were gone. Thank God. Yeah. We were in <laughs> Vegas. Not a little warm, a little windier, but yep. didn't have to deal with the snow. You know how important it is to have a good roof over your head. And you need to check out our friends up at Red Hawk Roof where they are the best roofers in town. They use quality materials. They have decades of experience. They have a quick response time, and they have a free no-obligation roof and property inspection and also a free in-depth photo reports for all inspections. If you're looking for a new roof over your home or business, be sure to check out Red Hawk Roofing at redhawkroofing.com and tell them DMVR sent you. And uh, one of the things that uh, we need to talk about is uh, did Sean Payton tell George Payton to tell Russell Wilson to take that pay cut mm. earlier in the season because we were told from the very beginning this was a football decision from Sean Payton. He said he wasn't privy to the conversations, <clears throat> these contract conversations, and he said um, at the right time you'll be able to ask the appropriate people mm-hmm. what exactly went down in these contract negotiations that uh, clearly upset, uh, saddened um, Russell Wilson during the bye week. You know who that appropriate person was to talk to, John or, George, or Todd? <laughs> I think it was the second person you mentioned. <laughs> it was George Payton. Yeah. He was that one. And we talked to him for the first time today. Nope. And here's what he had to say about it. Russ, uh, the Russ situation, you know, hopefully one time and, and as thorough as, as possible. Um, you know, during the bye week, I did reach out to, to Russ's agent in a good faith and, and creative attempt uh, to adjust his contract. Uh, we couldn't get a deal done. Uh, we moved on uh, with our season. It, it didn't. It didn't come up again. Fast forward week 17. Sean makes a change at the quarterback position. Uh, this was a football decision made by Sean. What he thought was in the best interest of the team. This was completely independent of any conversations I had uh, with the agent. Again, it was a football decision uh, made by Sean. These two things? No, totally different. What? Are, why? Why would you guys even connect the dots here? <laughs> That's essentially what George is telling us. He's uh-huh. saying he approached Russell Wilson and his representatives up to about a good faith 
professional, creative way mm -hmm. to change this contract. Uh, a deal didn't come through. And then seven weeks later, the football guy made the football decision. That's, that's the story that now every member of the Broncos is trying to put out there. I think it's. I think it can be true, though. Um, mm. We talked about it on the show maybe two weeks ago, whenever yeah. the situation happened. That both stories could have been true. To where Russ's side said they had conversations about you know wanting to move his injury guarantee, and then Sean saying it was a football decision. And clearly, there you see how they both could be true. Where George Payton was the one talking to the agents. Um, and we talked about it on the show. That's not something a head coach usually does. Yeah. They have too much on their plate to be worried about uh, salaries and, 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 and different things in the middle of the season. So I think both of them were, could be true. And then I think that, you know, Sean could have made a decision and George could have been popping champagne in his office <laughs> <laughs> because everything worked out, you know, and that injury guarantee didn't hit hit. So they both could be true. Yeah. And, and I actually, I, I believe, um, that because, George Payton was grilled, maybe harder than I've seen um, by the media today, and, and for anyone that mm -hmm. I've covered, uh, about one specific thing. Did Sean Payton know mm. about these contract talks between George Payton and Russell Wilson's camp? And you know what George said? No. He didn't say anything. Mm. And uh, what wasn't said tells me that and, and i felt this way for a long time george payton is a really stand-up guy uh -huh. i don't think he likes to lie I, I don't know if he really ever lies to the media and so he could have said like no that would have been a bold-faced lie that mm -hmm. i think everyone would have felt pretty comfortable calling a lie but instead he just he just took the i'm not going to answer that route he didn't say those he just kind of worked around that and uh -huh. was even pressed like that's not an answer. And he said, that's all I'm going to say on it. Mm. So I think what wasn't said was huge there. And come on, you think the general man, especially with how much power Sean Payton has, mm -hmm. that Sean Payton's not going to know that they're, the, the team is trying to change and restructure their franchise quarterback's contract? Of course he knows. But you know what? Uh, the NFLPA got involved. The NFL got involved with this. Um, and if there's going to be any legal action... It's probably best to to try to build that Sean didn't know, mm -hmm. George didn't know. The, these were two separate things working together. But credit to George, he didn't lie about it. That's good. I think it's it's funny because I kind of think about uh, I think about the whole situation kind of like with the mob mentality. Like <laughs> like Sean's a made man right now in the organization, and so George. If you want to stay a part of the organization, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you don't you don't write on a made on a made yeah. man. I'm not saying anything happened, <laughs> yeah. but you got the head the head of the organization sitting there front row. Yeah, yeah, you better you know what I'm saying. Let's <laughs> everybody say what they need to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're in a room back somewhere in the back playing poker, and they're just like sick <laughs> sick arms being led. Like you want to stay, baby? You know what to do. Right? <laughs> you go off and you take this bullet. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and let's hear one more clip. Uh, from Sean and or from from George talking about this, um, and uh, check out George's quarter zip too. It's awesome. In regards to Sean, you know, I had Sean was not part of the negotiation. Sean was getting ready for Buffalo, and uh, you know, we handled the business. Rich and I. Sean was you know in season. You know, Sean is in prep prep mode, and he was you know preparing for Buffalo. So I jumped the gun a little bit. That was kind of, and then he was grilled like two or three times after that. Like, mm -hmm. well, you didn't really answer the question. And again, he just took the, I'm not going to speak on that, uh, instead of throwing Sean under the bus there uh, of him knowing. Um, but I, 
that's exactly why George was the one doing this. George is the contract guy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, when it comes to these. So I do believe that in uh, this, George is like, George, Sean didn't like go to George and say, you have to do this. And George and George said like, oh, this isn't really my job. No, that that is how it works. Mm-hmm. For sure. And it, I think it would be just as weird if Sean would, I mean, if George was coming down giving Sean plays. Right. Like, <laughs> exactly. Everybody has a job. They have a role to play. I think this was primarily uh, George's decision in his realm of expertise and also, uh, you know, what he had control over. So um, I think it was on him for sure. So where do things sit now? With with everything we've talked about from from what these guys talked about today, with how that situation was handled, where it stands now, and then how the team is viewing Russ going forward. Well, you know, I kind of think about it a couple different ways. Like, if it was really a threat in that big of a situation, I think Russ would be less optimistic about coming back or want to mm. come back. Because if you've truly been done wrong, I think he would want to exit as, as quick as possible. Mm. Um, so I don't think it was as terrible as the situation as as it was made to seem to start. Um, and overall, I feel like they must have a better rela- working relationship than a lot of people think because the door is still open. Even if it is a back door, side door, dog door, they didn't <laughs> lock the house down <laughs> and throw up the, uh, the, the metal shutter so nobody could get in. Like They have some kind of communication there, and it obviously was a situation that nobody loved, but it wasn't as terrible as it was made to seem by the media. I think that's spot on because uh, if it was that bad, mm-hmm. there's no 30-minute conversation between Sean and Russ. Yep. The The breakup would be announced today. Yep. That would be coming out. We talked about this two weeks ago. What chance would – have your chances of Russ coming back changed at all? No. I think it's still like a 5% chance because, honestly, as a player, I don't see why he would take a pay cut. Um, I just don't see it working out. Like you, you, you take a pay cut to go somewhere where you guys have had a lot of success and you want to create more, or you're in a situation that's really favorable uh, for you with people that you really enjoy working with, um, and and you take the pay cut knowing that you know somewhere down the line I'll end up making more money because I chose this route. And for him being in year 12, 13, yeah. um, I don't see that being the case. I think you take the eighty million dollars and then you try your hand wherever wherever else you want to play. You're getting thirty nine million dollar check mm-hmm. come March, regardless of where you're playing. So why would you lower that to five million dollars to stay in a place that has not been nice to you yep. personally, professionally? I'm sure it has not been easy for his family uh, having to be around this place that has been so tough on him, rightfully so. Um, but and then so that's outside the organization. Then inside the organization. He's been benched, mm-hmm. and uh, so much so that his camp went out and really, as uh, Ryan Green puts it, took a flamethrower to this situation yep. by leaking the, all the contract stuff that's happened. So I think I said 0.1% chance when we <laughs> talked about this two weeks ago. I think that the Broncos are now looking at the situation and saying, shit, that's a lot of dead money. Yeah. And for us to compete next year, which is what Sean absolutely wants to do, and we were having a conversation in the office earlier, I think Sean is desperate to win right now. For sure. I think Greg Penner is also desperate to win right now. He talked about that today. He said, Broncos fans, we are just as eager to win immediately as you guys are. This is not acceptable. We need to get back to winning right now. I really think among these big three, the only person that would be okay with the rebuild is George Payton. And he has probably at the bottom of the chain of mm-hmm. these three guys in terms of power. So uh, if you take an $80 million dead cap hit 
and you're drafting a rookie, and especially if you're trading up for one, you're kind of on two different paths. Yep. You're mortgaging everything <clears throat> for the future, but then you have to win now, but now is also hurt big time. So I think that there is truly a path for Russ to return, but it's not likely because it's going to come down to Russ taking a big pay cut. And uh, the only reason he would do that, you ask that question, Todd, is Russ just talks about how much of a competitor he is and how much he wants to be on the field and how much it killed him having to be on the sideline. And I do believe that. So if Russ wants, and if he's guaranteed a starting role here, maybe he takes that, Mm -hmm. but he probably also looks at Pittsburgh. He looks at Atlanta. He looks at Seattle maybe and says, uh, (laughs) there's other opportunities where I'll get paid more. I'll be treated better. And I'll have more of a guarantee that I'll truly be the starter than here. But I'll move it up to 5%. Mm-hmm. I'll rock with you on that 5%. Yeah, he literally holds all the chips right now. Yeah. Like, he he has the commanding role within this negotiation. Um, and if they're willing to make it like a signing bonus, I think maybe they can make something work. Um, but the ball is completely in Russ's court for him to try and make a decision. And for Sean, I, I understand uh, the, the need to win now. Like, I left the yeah. studio which is very comfortable like, oh, this is yeah. <laughs> I love DMVR We're, yeah. it's very comfortable yeah. I don't know <laughs> yeah. when I when I would leave uh, because, because I like it so much plus I already have put together a, a Hall of Fame career right. almost so right. to come now and kind of <clears throat> same thing that's happened to Russ all that Russ has done since he's been here has kind of hurt his Hall of Fame career and I feel like if Sean just goes on a losing streak for multiple seasons, it just hurts, yeah. you know, the optics of his Hall of Fame career. So I understand the, the need to win now. Yeah, 100%. And I'm curious if the way this massive contract has really hurt the Broncos in so many ways <laughs> will impact the way they deal with other big contracts coming up. We talked about one of them with George Payton today. Let's get into that after I tell you about our friends over at Breckenridge Beer. It is the official beer of DNVR because it is delicious. And they've got so many options, whether you want Strawberry Sky, something light for a sunny day, or you want a colder beer, the Avalanche Amber Ale is a great one to go to. We've got so many in the DNVR bar. You guys know what the Breck Beer of the Month is here? No, yeah, I don't. It was a Christmas sale last year, but you can come down to the DNVR, get it. If you can't make it to the bar, whether you just don't live in Denver, don't live in Colorado, you can get it available in all 50 states. Go to breckbrew.com, beer locator, top left hand corner of their screen. We'll show you exactly where to get the official beer of DNVR. And shout out to Illegal Peace. <clears throat> I think they're phenomenal. Uh, they catered our Christmas party, they catered my New Year's party. Um, they're always good to go to for burritos, nachos. Yeah. Um, tacos, you yeah. can't go wrong with a little. Was that lunch pizza. today? Yeah, 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 it was. <laughs> can't go wrong, I can't get away from them. Zach uh, is keeping tabs on Todd. It's like, how many illegal pizza have you had? <laughs> Officially addicted. But illegal pizza has arrived in Wheat Ridge, bringing Colorado's favorite burritos and notoriously strong margaritas to the neighborhood. I gotta give me some margaritas. <laughs> Hell yeah, I don't know if you can get them to go though. That's yeah, always you the can. tough part. No, you, you can, can. thanks. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. with COVID. You have been waiting uh, patiently, and it's finally here. This February, swing by and join the party at the newest addition to the Foothills area. Located in the Gold's Marketplace on the corner of 26 and Kipling, overlooking Crown Hill Park, Illegal Pete's is your new go-to spot for burrito buddies and beer. And as always, good times. Yes, great times. And we've had some great times on this show with our guy, Pat Sertan. Yep. By the way, he's going to be on tomorrow at noon as well to talk about the season, talk about how the locker room handled the Russell Wilson benching situation. Maybe talk about if he wants an extension because as of now, 
He is officially able to be extended by the Denver Broncos. And George Payton was asked about that today. Before we get to what George had to say, though, Todd, do you think with this massive contract that the Broncos signed Russ to, it's going to give them cold feet to signing big contracts in the future? I think so. And mm. I think they're going to reword uh, or rework the contract when they do put it together. Uh, maybe not something as favorable for uh, the players. Maybe gives the ownership and the team more leverage. Mm. Um, but it sucks because I think he definitely deserves um, to be extended. But we, as we all know, the cap is, is pretty tight already. So then do you think that means that players aren't going to be signing as many big deals here? Because not that Broncos aren't willing to give it to them, but they're going to make it so it's <clears throat> team-friendly and players just going to say, no, I, I don't want the team-friendly deal. I want the player-friendly deal. Yeah, I think it's going to be um, a little situation of, you know, mm. trying to get that back out there after you've been hurt when you're dating. <laughs> you <know? laughs> you're trying to give your all. You're trying to be, uh, you know, the same person you were. But I think it's going to uh, change the way they interact with new players. But at the same time, you got to give money to guys. I think yeah. so many guys are getting paid from quarterbacks to wide receivers to D-line, O-line. like, And guys are going to go where the contracts are really the biggest. So as much as we want to save ourselves and not get hurt again, I think we're going to have to put ourselves out there to be able to get some some big names. Yeah, like if, if you're burned on like a person that you dated twice, probably doesn't hurt that much. You're probably uh -huh. just like, ah, that was them, not me. If you're burned on someone that you were married to for like 10 years, yep. that probably hurts a lot more and you probably do change the way you approach things moving forward. <laughs> for sure. With $250 million contracts, much closer to married to 10 years than dating for two years. So I certainly think they're going to take things from this and change the way they operate, especially that was like the first deal that Greg Penner gave out as the owner of the Broncos. It's yep. like, here's this team. You got this quarterback. Let's give him the money. He gave him the money. And it's been nothing but awful since. And Greg Penner is the one writing those checks. He's the one signing those. He is the one, and he admitted it today. He's not making any football decisions. Uh -huh. He's not calling plays. He's not telling uh, the guys which time, wh who to sign and not to sign. But he is there when it comes to big deals to uh -huh. you know kind of just give that official uh, write-off. And he's a money guy. He's a business guy. He just got burned. So I do think he's going to change the way that he operates. Will it impact a big deal with Pat, do you think? It might, it might, because I feel like in this space right now, they may structure more prove-it deals mm. for players. Like, I know they gave Russ all that money before he had taken a snap as the Broncos quarterback. They're definitely not going to put themselves in a situation like that again. And although I feel, feel like Pat has definitely proved himself, I think they're, they may be a little bit hesitant moving forward. Yeah, and one of the <laughs> ways that they can make it a little more team-friendly is by he's eligible for an extension. Any player that was drafted – you can get an extension after three years of being in the NFL. If you're mm -hmm. undrafted, you can get a deal after two years in the NFL. Or what's most likely to happen is they're just going to hit you with a couple of tenders before, yep. as they did with Utah, until you finally get your deal. Um, but so they couldn't have given Pat a contract extension after last year. Mm -hmm. Just the, the NFL does not allow. So this is the first time they can. But he still has another year of his rookie deal, plus a fifth-year option. Plus, if they really wanted to, they could franchise tag him for two more years. So technically, they don't have to do anything with Pat and he can still be under contract for the next four seasons, or more realistically, the next two seasons uh -huh. with his fourth year next year, fifth year next year. So maybe that's kind of where this bad Russ contract impacts them is they're going to say, okay, we love you, Pat. We're going to pay you. We are absolutely picking up your fifth year option. But we got burned by paying a guy too early last time. Yep. Let's just let's just slow play this with you here. Um, and there's a chance that... Not Pat, but there's a chance that a player 
could say, F that. Pay me now or trade me. And mm-hmm. we've seen that in the past where guys react that way. Now, typically, it'd be before like your fifth year deal. Yep. So cool. I, I don't think that there's going to be any issues if they don't pay Pat this year. And just knowing Pat, I don't know if there'd be any issues um, ever even playing under that fifth year deal. Um, but maybe that is where I think Russ's situation could change the way they approach Pat. Yeah, and the team holds all the, all the chips. Right. Um, so they can decide uh, not to pay him. And that's not wrong as part of the contract and the same right. way Russ could decide not to take a pay cut. Yep. And so whoever holds the chips and the deals and with all the power and it kind of goes uh, however they see fit for it to go. Man, how interesting. Russ holds all the power in yeah. this. The Broncos hold all the power when it comes to Pat's side right now. And this just this situation reminds me of the Rockies. Back in 2000, they paid a pitcher big money to come pitch for him. He got hurt. It was an absolute bust, disaster, nightmare of a deal. And they don't pay pitchers now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Okay, to an extent, I get what you're doing here um, by being scared off of one bad deal, but you can't play scared moving forward. That's why Pat still will get a big deal, will still be a Bronco. Um, but George actually was asked about this. He was said he was asked, you can give Pat an extension now. Do you, are you going to do that? And here's what he had to say. I mean, we're all big fans of Pat. You know, I think Sean said we're going to have a you know big meeting in a couple of weeks and, and uh, kind of go through the entire roster, Pat included, and... and you know, we want Pat here a long time. I'm not prepared to make any statements on, on anything moving forward. You think he gets a deal this year? Sadly, no. Yeah. I don't. I can't remember a rookie that got a a rookie first rounder that mm. got a deal after that third year. Mm. Like as I think back, I'm not sure of any names. Pat was the number nine overall pick, and Von Miller was number two overall pick. Uh-huh. When did he get his deal? You remember? Nope. After. Which was after the fifth year option. Yeah. Like after he had played on the fifth year option. The Broncos are going to franchise tag him. I think they actually did uh, in part of the negotiations. And he said, nope, I'm not. I already played under that fifth year option. I'm not exactly. playing under a franchise tag anymore. So to your point, Todd, like it's not like Vaughn got one. Uh-huh. We knew how good Vaughn was Garib- after three Wolf? years. Uh, no, Garrett Bowles, they declined his fifth-year option. He played through his fourth year. Yep. Then the Broncos wished they had picked up his fifth year because that was the best year of his career was the fourth year. Yep. So, yeah, that would be like if the Broncos gave Pat an extension next offseason. Yeah. And so you're right. If you're not going to do it with Vaughn, now it's different management, different ownership. But the only reason they would do it is to if they have tons of dead cap mm-hmm. this year, if they do move on from us, $80 million in dead cap, they could – build his contract pat's contract um to give them cap relief this year you got to pay a lot of money to do that because you got to give a massive signing bonus the broncos have all the money in the world when it comes to the nfl so i think that's the reason they would do it isn't necessarily um unfortunately for pat's purposes Mm -hmm. but just to say like this is one of the ways we can actually move and get around some money because we have this awful uh deal with russ interesting man we got so much so much stuff to so talk about stuff. all off season man <laughs> it is it's crazy gonna be good. it does not feel like the off season <clears throat> at all some other things that were touched on today those were the the two big ones and then pat thrown in there uh as well we also talked to greg penner and he was asked about an update to the stadium mm-hmm. he was asked about an update to uh, um uniforms and he was asked about an update um, and, and why the team is deciding to build a new practice facility, which was announced a couple of months ago. You know what he had to say on all three of those things? What did he say? No updates. Mm. No updates. <laughs> um, the, but 
kind of the no updates, there are some updates in that himself. He was asked about a new stadium, mm -hmm. and he said, uh, nothing to report. We're still looking into a lot of information to gather. Todd, I have to imagine, they're doing a lot of information gathering for years now. Mm-hmm since they bought the team like 16 months ago, that's all they've been doing is information gathering on stadiums. Uh, they've had many opportunities to say like, what are you talking about? Information gathering on a new stadium. We're just going to stay at, at Empower Field. We love it. The fact that they still are gathering information, mm -hmm. they're doing something with that information. And they already invested $100 million in the stadium last year. So <clears throat> I think the more information gathering there is, the more a new stadium is coming. And likely it's going to not be downtown. It's going to be uh, in, in a Walmart land out by the airport. <laughs> Money talks, baby. And I think that's all the information that they need. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're seeing, you know, where the opportunity is, what kind of uh, return on the investment it would be. Yep. Um, and so they're always looking. I'm sure they've been pitched, you know, 20 different locations and 20 different yep. timelines. So whatever's going to bring in the most cash, that'll be the way we move. So we just haven't found that yet. Todd, do you think, what do you think of uniforms? Do you like uniform talk? I love it. You love it? Yeah. I hate it. Why? Yeah. <laughs> and you don't I think like I'm the, the, I think like I'm the, the only swag? one. Um, <sighs> Come on, man. It's, you look good. You play good. Mm -hmm. It's the whole Coach Prime theory. Like, So who's a... Uh, people love the Raiders uniforms. Mm -hmm. They're trash. They look the good, Raiders but they play just, awful. Yeah, they just... I mean, but it's just like, <laughs> would you rather be at Wyoming or, or Oregon? Yeah, I'll be at Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the swag. It's fair. It's fair. Uh, and, and I think that Broncos fans feel the, the way you do. They love uniform talk. Uh, what do you think of the Broncos uniforms? Do they need to redo? Uh, I think the uniforms are dope. I would just love uh, like the all-white with the snow-capped helmets. That's the only thing we don't do right now that I would like to see. I and, really thought uh, you were going to say, I really just like the D, and I was going to be like... <laughs> <laughs> well, he's already talked about sticky situations, backdoors, all this. He's had enough in one pot. <laughs> um, uh, so you're okay with maybe just a tweak of the uniforms? Yeah, we could tweak it. You, you don't need a full overthrow, though, overhaul. No, nah, not a full revamp. We, we're still good right now. Well, there's some rumors online, very much rumors coming from Reddit, which means it's like ultra rumorville. Let's say there's big changes coming. So Greg was asked about that. He's ultimately the one, the owner is the one that makes that decision. He said, when it comes to uniforms, nothing new to announce on uniforms today. He said, I have been surprised at how long of a process it is to change uniforms. He said, it's a several year process. Uh, and I thought I'd be able to come in and change the uniforms right mm. away if I wanted to. And he said, but with Nike and the NFL, it takes several years. And then he ended it with this. He said, we'll be having something uh, coming there, but nothing to announce today. So that announcement was an announcement in itself. We got yeah. nothing today, but something will be coming. And on these uh, rumors online, it said there'll be something before the draft. Oh, so that's soon. Yeah. Yeah. So in a multi-year process, he definitely came in right away and was like, yeah. let's change those jerseys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's get it right. All right, I'm with that. But it is stupid. Why does it take long to change the uniform? If you come in, you hire a design guy, or uh -huh. you work with Nike right away, you pay Nike extra money to expedite yours, why does it? Why is it a multi-year process? So what I know from oh, like, inside, are you the Reddit guy? No. So what I know from like soccer, because like I know how they, that works. It takes three years to develop a uniform. So with soccer, they change your uniform every year. They have those uniforms three years back. So every three years, they get together to try to develop something. But it comes down to a uh, market research and what's gonna hit and what's not gonna sell because they need to make sure if they're gonna make something new that they can actually make their money back and all the investment they're putting into that with graphic design, with the actual production. Just getting that of information, it and all that. baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gathering information. That's all they're doing, right? Like, 
But I feel like it should take it should take a month at Come most. Come on, right? We 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 print out so many t-shirts. You <laughs> yes. know what I'm saying? There's no way Nike can't just like <laughs> oh, pop a new design on the jersey. Three years old, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, those, those designs have been in rotation for three years. But it blows my mind. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Can't you just go to Broncos fans? Is this cool? Yeah, I like it. You go to players. This nope, don't like that right there. Let's change it. Okay, mm-hmm. tweak. Boom. There you go. But nope. So uh, that is why. And th- they had the. Uh, white helmets that was new this past year that was something ownership wanted to do and that they were able to get through that quick um or get that through quickly um (laughs) but they couldn't even change the alternate uniforms before last season that's why it's the white helmet Mm. on the all orange uniforms is because that process just took too long in nike's eyes and the league's eyes so even the broncos i do think would have liked to put it with the all whites the nfl said no it, that takes too long. Who do they have there? That lady from uh, Monster Zinc working? Like, <laughs> like, how slow is this process? It should be way faster than that. I totally, totally agree. And they also do it from somebody that like kind of knows a little bit of graphic design. They do it for identity purposes. <laughs> and not every year, every team is just kind of changing their look. They want the team to be recognized by the uniform they're wearing. So I don't get it with the alternative ones. That should have been easy. But for the most part, they want the identity be locked in with what they're wearing on the field as well and this Mm -mm -mm. hopefully is the longest talk we have of uniforms all season (laughs) but i know i'm gonna be uh outnumbered henry loves uniform talk ryan loves uniform talk you love the uniform clearly here's like the insider at uniform i I, every year i get invited to the rapid uh, uniform release party and i get a free uniform Mm. and it's one of my favorite parts of the year honestly just getting to see all the cool shit they do yeah anything free is really dope okay i think those were the big takeaways from today um and of course i mean they were they talked for like an hour and a half combined so any news and notes that come out from this we'll be sure to hit later in the week because if you're new to us we're five days a week in the off season too so we got plenty of time to talk about you say you're here we're here. We're here. Yeah, yeah, here's here. here. Yeah. <laughs> that was my nickname back in baseball. Y'all hear me? Y'all hear yeah, me? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's hop into some comments because we got a lot of people tuning in. Before we hit any of those, hit us with a thumbs up if you're tuning in. I know we got hundreds of people rolling with us right now. Hit us with a thumbs up. It really helps us, helps us grow this platform. And we wanted to give you guys the best show today. So we went a little later in the day. Um, and so if we'd really appreciate a thumbs up. It helps uh but is that Thunder? No, Miles. Miles would like that, too. So thank you so much. Subscribe as well. Turn on alerts so you know when we do different timing of pods. Like I said, tomorrow we're going to be going live at noon. All right, here, let's get to some super chats. First one coming in from Vincent says, saw a Michael Pratt interview with the Draft Network when he said his NFL comp is Drew Brees, has a coach who is a former saint, could be Sean's guy. You think Sean is just looking for the next Drew Brees? I mean, that would be smart. I mean, <laughs> that's definitely not a bad find. Uh, might be hard to find, but I think there's some 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 Drew Brees type players in this draft. And I th- I think Sean ideally is looking for Drew Brees in the pocket that can do a little more. Now mm-hmm. maybe I'm just building the perfect quarterback that every <laughs> NFL coach would love to have, but we've heard Sean talk about it. The Saints were going to draft. He, he said this many times. The Saints were going to draft um, Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. in that draft. When they had Drew Brees on the roster, when Drew Brees was throwing for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns, he loved Patrick Mahomes so much because he could win from the pocket and then he could also win outside of the pocket. And one of the things I think Sean learned this year was I have to have a guy that wins from the pocket yep. and then I want all the additional stuff. But winning from the pocket 
is a non-negotiable for Sean anymore because Russ could do the stuff outside the pocket maybe too too well Mm -hmm. he wanted to do it too much and we saw him run into sacks not be able to win from the pocket as much as sean would like um so i think that's the most important thing is win from the pocket than anything else so i think Jaden daniels could be sean's number two quarterback in this draft if he thinks he can win from the pocket enough Mm -hmm. because sean still wants that other stuff he does um but you that's non-negotiable now you you can't just be great winning outside of the pocket for Sean. No, and I'm and I'm all in for a, a, just an elite pocket passer. Mm. You can run if it gets really crazy, but sit in the pocket and just deliver the ball to the right receiver, take a couple of hits, um, and get up and and find a way to win the game, man. Like that's how I feel. So are you talking about Michael Penix? Because because uh, <laughs> we'll get into this talk. He had uh, one bad game. I was gonna say he had one bad game. Yeah, it wasn't great yesterday. I know that, but we'll get into it more. But you know what I'm saying? Michigan got helped out, man. I swear. Those By the refs? Yeah, what are you saying? Holding calls, ah, you man, saying I'm hard balls all about? <laughs> if, man, if Washington could hold the same way, ooh, uh-huh. Penix would have been cooking. <laughs> so you aren't, uh, and we'll we'll really get into the debate later this week. But you're not scared off at all of michael Penix after last night no no you look at me like i'm crazy like, no, of course crazy. not no he got up every time it felt it hurt but he got up and he was limping into the locker room after yeah. the game he took he took a he took a beating last night he did um he still had a phenomenal season though yeah so we'll, we'll get into it because we'll, i think we'll henry's uh Pushing you off the Man. diving board he, he's just letting you ride with michael i think he's totally off Penix. It was like he was totally on board. Then after, like, during the game last night, it's like the fourth quarter, he's texting, like, we should change the pod uh, topic to, like, the best quarterbacks now. We got to change this. I'm like, it was one bad game. And you want my guy off the list. I love it. Henry is completely off Penix. Putting that on the shirt. <laughs> well, he's, a, he's not only – he's off Penix, but we got to remember he's a Chiefs fan. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. there's the whole thought process there. It's not – you know what I'm saying? You can't know. trust it. You yeah. do anything, he he does opposite. Yeah. Yep. Next one coming in from Xavier says, only person that can save us is Todd, man. <laughs> real, real quick, I was wondering how you're going to say this. It's Javier. What did I say? Xavier. <laughs> no way. It's Javier. Oh, okay. It's Javier. The Chavez parts gives it away that it's Javier. Oh, see, I yeah. I didn't even look at the last names on any of these. Um, well, oh. thank you so much, uh, Javier. Oh, and then he comes in and says, "Would you guys trade person? Would you guys personally? Would you guys? What do you guys personally wow, think is you. Russ the best option if we don't trade up in the draft?" Uh. It's a good. It's a great question. If we don't trade up in the draft, I don't know who in free agency I would want or who we have the ability to pay. So if we don't trade up in the draft, I think Russ is our best option. Man, and that's and then George talked about it today. George is George and Sean could not be more different when it mm. comes to the draft. Sean just wants the best guy. Do whatever you can to go get him. I believe when he has 15 years in the Saints, they traded up more than any team in the NFL. George is the opposite. When he was with the Vikings, they traded back more than any team in the NFL. They were constantly trading back in the first round, second round, third round to just accumulate more picks because George's thing is have as many darts as you can because there are a lot of good players out there that you find at the end of the draft and and in um, undrafted free agency. I can think of one myself right now. (laughs) Um, But Sean's a total opposite. That's why this is such an interesting dynamic and if they're willing to listen to each other enough, it could actually be a great dynamic. And if they're willing to give and take, uh, and the first year they've done that enough, mm-hmm. I think we've seen. Um, but that's why it's going to be so interesting moving forward is because Sean, I think, wants to do everything he can to go get his quarterback. And yeah. it's hard for me not to say, 
don't allow that to happen. I mean, you brought Sean Payton in here not to command a team well. You brought him in here to run a great offense. For sure. And to run a great offense, you want him to have the best quarterback for him possible. And Russ isn't that guy. Yep. But the contract is also there. And the dead cap is there. And so I think at the right price, Russ is the right option. We'll have that conversation probably next week when the team is when the Broncos are off before they make their decision about what is the right price. Because I do think that Russ at $10 million is a better option yep. than trading up into the draft and having $80 million in dead cap. But also if Sean just hates Russ... He's probably not worth much more than $10 million. When I say hate, I mean like hate as a, the type of quarterback. Uh-huh. Uh, if, he's, he, if he doesn't jive with them, you probably can't pay him much more than $10 million to, to have a competent offense. Yeah, and I think I like uh, George Payton's idea of trading back. I just don't think you do it when you need a quarterback. Yeah. Any other position, we can probably trade back and find some guys in the second round, third round for sure. But if you got a quarterback, we got to move up, up, the, up the rankings. So linebacker's not that valuable? Um, I it's think it's very word for valuable. Word what you said. No, <laughs> I think linebackers are very valuable, but I do feel like linebackers, especially, you can find in every round. You can find a good linebacker in every round. Somebody's going to be slept on, yep. but it's rare that you find a quarterback in round five. Yeah, four. Yeah, it's and you could say that not just about linebacker, but mm-hmm. every position yep. that you can find. Yep, I agree. Andrew says, "Is it worth paying elite corner or pass rusher if you had to pick one?" Which one? Uh, for this team? Pass rusher. Pass rusher? Pass rusher. Man, it's, I would agree with you 90% of the time, but just the idea of being able to have Pat and someone else that's elite, oh, two shutdown corners instead of one shutdown corner and one elite pass rusher. I mean, you're not, you're, you're not wrong, mm-hmm. but man, to have two shutdown corners would be so fun. No, that would be crazy. I just think I've seen elite pass rushers affect the game to the point where yeah. they help out corners, safeties, yeah. linebackers. Yeah. So, to your to your point, if if it's not this team specifically, we've seen a hall first ballot Hall of Famer uh-huh. in Champ Bailey, and he was great. They had a really good defense, but not consistently elite. You have Von Miller, and I mean consistent. Really good defense for a long time. And maybe I'm thinking selfishly because yeah. Yeah. he'll probably help me out on a player too if I get beat. Yeah. But the corner, I mean, you know, he's just locking down whoever he is. Right, right, right. <laughs> yep. Uh, Ivan says, Todd and Zach, the new dynamic duo. Henry somewhere getting tackled. Uh, <laughs> I had to keep Alex away from him yesterday. Um, but we're we're gonna we're gonna set that up. That's gonna be fun. Henry is putting together tons of articles for the oh. DMBR.com, so make sure to tune in. Oh, oh. I, I thought the X was the J because my wife wants to name one of our kids when we have kids uh-huh. with an X, but it's with the J as well. Mm. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, it's probably I saw the Chavis, man. I'm sorry. Dang. But you know what? Thanks for the $2 super right. chat to correct me. <laughs> Xavier. Right, yes, Xavier. I knew it all the way. Uh, Andrew says, uh, Penix is Mr. Glass. One <laughs> sack from Crosby. R.I.P. He got, but he played good all year. I mean, there was a couple, uh, couple places you saw like him get rolled up really bad on. Like, I think most quarterbacks probably would have had to lead the game, or a lot of people, you know, lead the game for those type of plays. I think he stood in the pocket as best he could, but 
some of those were kind of some tough, some tough plays to rebound from. So yeah, yeah, know. it's fair. It's it's going to be a great conversation. Great. Brandon says, "How many pure pocket passers are in the NFL in the playoffs? Having mobility is essential in today's NFL." No. Um, let's go through all of the quarterbacks really quick that are let's in the it. playoffs. Um, I'm pulling it up right here. Would you say, Todd, that uh, Lamar Jackson is a pure pocket passer? No. Yeah, I would say no as well. Um, okay, I've got the list right here. Okay, so Lamar, not a pure pocket passer. So zero. Josh Allen, pure pocket passer? Not, no, no, not exclusively. Patrick Mahomes? No. CJ Stroud? More of a pocket passer than he is a scrambler. Pure pocket passer, though? I mean, what's a, what's a pure... He, nobody could be a pure scrambler. I think we're thinking like Peyton Manning, <laughs> Tom Brady. I'm trying to think of a Ben Roethlisberger. Uh-huh. I can't... Off the top of my all, head. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Vinny Testaverde was a pure pocket passer. So probably no, then. Yeah, oh. probably no. Joe Flacco. For sure. That's, that's a pure <laughs> pocket passer. Um, Tua. Yeah, he's, more, he's definitely a pocket passer. Pure? I mean, as pure as you could be in today's league, like I think he's exactly what you're saying that Sean would want. Somebody who's primarily in the pocket that can do just a little bit more. Like he's definitely not scrambling like a Lamar or even uh, Josh Allen. Yeah, I I think especially in today's NFL, yeah, he's pretty much a pure pocket passer. Um, and then Mason Rudolph with the Steelers. Mm, I don't even know his I don't game. Know. <laughs> <laughs> he's a pure sacker. Like, know, he uh, loves taking sacks. I don't think the Steelers want to know his game after this year. He's uh, put a nice little stretch together for them, but I don't think they're going to be fooled. No. So we have two in the AFC. Um, in the NFC, Brock Purdy. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dak Prescott. Uh, he's not one you know for his legs, but he can right. move when he needs to. Right. And so I think he's more of a pocket passer. Okay. Than he is a so we'll go for uh, Jared Goff. Yep. Ab- absolutely. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Yes. Yep. Um, uh, Jalen Hurts. Probably not, no. Like Tush Pusher. Huh? I feel like... Uh, Baker more than Zach. Yeah, Dak. Zach. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Um, uh, Matthew Stafford. Yes. Absolutely. And Jordan Love. Yeah. Pure pocket passer? <laughs> I'm trying to get everybody on the list. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> no, he's not a pure pocket passer. I mean, there's 14 NFL teams. We just counted seven-ish. Uh-huh. So even if you disagree on one or two of them, there's still five pure pocket passers in the playoffs this year. I honestly thought we were going to go through that and be like one. Mm-hmm. There's more pocket passers than uh, I thought. And obviously, you can win in today's NFL, but also it's worked in the past 10 years really ago, well. five years ago, yep. two years ago with some uh, some veteran guys. So that was actually kind of a fun experiment to see that, like, no, you don't have to uh, even really have the threat. Brock Purdy's not doing anything. Matthew no. Stafford, certainly. Definitely. Jared Goff, no way nope. in the world. And these guys are playing really good football. Um, is that it you hear from Super Chats? That is it. And we just hit our hour mark. So we're going to get out of here tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. We got Pat Sertan rocking and rolling with us. It's going to be a blast. Todd, thank you for rocking with me today. You're here. Thank you as well. And shout out to Xavier for rocking with us (laughs) as well. We'll see you tomorrow on the DMVR Broncos podcast, 12 p.m.
cat and 